All right, and welcome to Sin 90.7 FM. You're listening to Youth and Loud with Peter and Amy tonight. Um, Tonight we're having a pretty cool chat about challenges at school, so some of the most uh, prevalent challenges that young people face at school. Um, And we're joined in the studio with a few cool chaplains, um, Adam, Julie, Chris, and Jocelyn. Um, who are pretty awesome people, and they'll be having a chat with us, um, sharing their knowledge and experience. Uh, so how are you going tonight, guys? Yeah, good. Good to be here. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I guess just to kick us off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what initially got you involved in being a chaplain, and what's the best part about being a chaplain? So maybe we, if we just uh, start with you, Adam. Yeah, g'day guys. Um, yeah, my name's Adam. I've, uh, I'm married, got three children. And uh, yeah, look, I got into chaplaincy uh, when my, my wife and I went over to Bangladesh, probably in around 2004. Um, and I guess for me, I saw uh, a lot of struggles and, and trials that those people face, but, um, but they seem to get on, get on with life and, and, and make the most of it. Um, and when I came back to Australia um, after that sort of two-week experience, um, I felt like there were a lot of opportunities young people could have in their own context in Australia, um, but possibly um, didn't have the right support or resources to make the most of those opportunities. So for me, um, yeah, I had a real passion to be able to try and communicate that with young people to make the most of every opportunity they had. Uh, I know growing up I didn't make the most of my opportunities, so um, yeah, I've just found that um, prevalent to, to really um, give them those the, the right advice or the right support to to see them um, succeed in that area. So, um, for me, the best thing about being a chaplain is um, the privilege it is that I have to sit with people um, and they share stuff that they may not share with other pe- other people in their life, and then I can and then ultimately um, get them the right support that they need beyond myself. Um, but sometimes it's just yeah, being being that room uh, with a young person and, and hearing their stories is is a real privilege to be invited into um, a person's journey in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about yourself, uh, Julie? Just tell us a little bit about um, how you initially got involved as a chaplain and what's the best part about being a chaplain for you? Yeah, hi. I got involved because I had four children of my own and I was in, um, involved with school a lot in a volunteer capacity and also with all their friends and, you know, having friends mm-hmm. over and they're always there. And I just naturally got involved with young people that way and I just didn't want to stop so <laughs> so decided to do some study and um, part of um, where I studied and the faith that I had led me into chaplaincy mm. so I decided that um, sounds like a, a great way to continue working with young people and so what I, I just really enjoy yeah the same as Adam just being one-on-one with um, people listening to their story and just journeying with them you know, through daily things, weekly things, yearly things. Um, yeah, the many facets of um, life that they have to go through. Beautiful. Yeah. So it really sounds like, uh, Julie, you got started working with young people and you just had a hunger to keep working with young people yeah. after that. It kind of just set you uh, right off. Yeah, and I think my own um, upbringing and past also fed into that. Mm. Um, and Jocelyn, what about um, yourself? Just tell us a little bit about your, your journey as a chaplain and what the best part is. Yeah, um, so I guess it started when I was doing fine arts in uni. Never even thought about working with young people, actually. It didn't even come across my mind. And if anything, I just I just thought that I would be seen as a loser by them. So I'm like, yeah, nah, not for me. 
Um, but I got the opportunity to work in a high school as an artist in residence. Um, and I worked with year nine students and I just loved it. I loved um, exploring um, different ways um, for them to express who they are and their thoughts on certain things. And, um, where, and they just through that medium of creativity, um, they just opened up um, without me realising, like, oh, why do you trust me? Like, um, and it made me also be aware of stories that, man, I didn't go through that, and mm. yet I've got this position where I can actually show care um, and support them and encourage them. Mm. And that's when it opened up a door going, yeah, maybe I do want to work with young people. It gives a different type of energy than just working by yourself as an artist. Mm. Um, and going That's, into chaplaincy. Um, really cool that you've kind of taken your own creativity and your own skills and channeled it into helping young people and helping yeah. them throughout their lives. And that's just really cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, it's been good. And I guess that's, you know, I didn't think of myself working in a school, but I fell into, after my youth work diploma, got into chaplaincy and I haven't looked back. I totally love it. And in terms of your other question about what is it that I enjoy, um, man, there's, I could write a whole list. <laughs> um, but I definitely, just like what um, the others have said, um, that privilege and even an honour um, to be that person that students come to you and go, hey, I want to share life with you and I trust you. Um, and for you for, to be that person to see how much they grow, mm-hmm. um, you might not be the person to actually help them, but you, you give that stepping stone for them to go to the next best person to help them or um yeah and you you just see those little chapters um and chris what about yourself just tell us a little bit about um what it's been uh, like for you as a chaplain and what's the best thing yeah yeah thanks peter amy um appreciate being on the show with you um I, <clears throat> I'm a, a trained teacher, and so I, I started kind of kicked out of uni as a teacher and did a bit of work in uh, primary schools and also in special schools as well. Um, but I had some history in uh, volunteering with young people um, uh, in, a, in a bunch of different bunch of different ways. And so when I heard about the work of chaplaincy, I got really interested in how how that was able to be present in schools. So I um, ended up getting a job in a um, high school in a really multicultural suburb of Melbourne, and um, uh, yeah, worked worked there for about ten years, and uh, just kind of fitted me like a glove in terms of it felt like a vocation more than just a job. And I felt like similar to what some of the others have said already, um, I was able to bring kind of all of who I was to the role. So, um, it wasn't just that I was a teacher, but I could bring my creative elements to that role. I could bring relational elements to that role. And, um, and, uh, could, um, and, uh, I guess part of the, what I love about chaplaincy is it creates safe spaces for not just young people, but also like staff would often. I remember one time a, a teacher came in and she, had, like her husband, had been really sick and uh, she was really stressed. But you have to come to work, you know. Yeah. You can't just put everything on hold. And so she just stopped in at my office just before school and just broke down in tears and went, "Man, it's all too much." And so to be able to just create a safe space for her to just kind of unload um, and share that. And then kind of find the energy to get in and get into the day. I mean, that's just an example, but other times getting to sit with families, um, 
in times of crisis and loss, but also sometimes in times of celebration as well, um, it's really, it's quite incredible. And then you get to do that as a person, but as a school chaplain, you get to do that um, on behalf of the school community as well. Yeah, it sounds like such a a privileged position that Mm. you guys have as chaplains, being able to to listen to people's stories um, and help them through difficult times in their life. Jocelyn, if we can just start with you, what um, what are some of the, the key challenges or issues do you think that young people face today um, in schools? Um, oh, I think, so a few would be just in general like identity, whether it's like multi, you know, their cultural identity and things like that and where they fit in because there's so many spheres um, that they belong to, family, friendships, um, community, school, like, you know, it... it requires them to have a different mask on or a facet and therefore then inside of themselves they're trying to figure out who am I and where do I fit in Um, so that's definitely one and then with that is just like mental health you know anxiety depression and all that that comes with that Um, it can escalate a lot Um, one of the and I'm sure these guys will have other things that they will be thinking. But the other one that um, is quite close to me because I work with a program on it is actually the transition from high school to adulthood and that um, pressure of like needing to know what you're supposed to be doing once you finish high school. Um, and even that idea of you've created a community within school and then you're leaving that behind. So it's that grief and loss. Yeah, and because some people are in their schooling from, you know, prep to year 12 so that's like 12 years of their life yeah definitely it's a sudden transition so I can imagine having some help when that comes around is probably very useful and like just being like oh I'm so stressed out and I don't know what to do so having someone to listen to or listen to them rather would be really really useful yeah yeah um yeah and then I think the sad thing is like if when they don't have many people around them to actually support that you know back home you know school's only what nine to three and then you've got you know, the hours before nine and the hours after three o'clock, um, who's there after in, in, the, in their life after, during those times, who is actually able to listen to them and mm. support them and encourage them or empower them. Um, yeah. And, um, Jocelyn, it's a little bit different for you, I guess, um, as a chaplain because you work in an alternative education system. Yeah. Um, so are there some challenges that, I guess, are more relevant to that uh, kind of environment as opposed to other schools um yeah there's there's a lot (laughs) um I think one thing is we we tend we find it quite difficult to work with families like we want to try to be preventative rather than reactive with our young people um but then to do that means we want to work with families to help you know um support them support their young person support their child Mm. um but when families aren't either they don't exist or then um, they don't support, then it just makes um, the school finds it harder to work with that young person. Um, we are an alternative setting, so sometimes, you know, we've got kids on our roll, but we don't see them, you know, five days a week. We only see them once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this big story of what's been happening, and so we've got to s- kind of start from scratch again and try to build mm-hmm. them up and build their confidence and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam, uh, what about you, I guess, um, in your experience and the setting where you work as a chaplain, what would you say are some of the most uh, prevalent challenges that young people face in school today? 
Yeah, I think um, it's probably anxiety. There's lots of anxiety, and it's created from you know people, young people looking at you know world events and those crises we see overseas. Um, from anxiety to keeping up with their schoolwork and the pressures they put on themselves often these days to achieve and, and comparing themselves with their peers. And also that um, social media anxiety, I guess, where they um, really feel like if they're not on Snapchat or Facebook or something like that, they're not part of a group. Mm-hmm. And so there's this other community outside of school where if they're not a part of those groups, um, that, that they actually... They're isolated, and so they struggle with it. So I just want to ask you a question there. Um, Just with what you've been saying about, like, you know, the media and all the information we have access to in terms of the internet and stuff, people, for some things that can be a great resource and a great Mm. help, but would you guys also say you're a space away from that, like a private space, just away from that sort of thing and away from everybody seeing it and it being, you know, all over the internet Mm. and where all the friends and family can access it, where you can just kind Mm. of relax and it's just yeah a totally nice, quiet yeah space yeah i mean that's yeah that's what we try to create i guess or um you know when the young person comes in that yeah hopefully give them that time just to take that breath and relax and be heard ultimately yeah. not to be spoken at but to be heard um and julie what would you say are your thoughts in terms of some of the challenges that young people face today in in schools um, I've been thinking around family um, difficulties. So they come to school and then there's all this pressure at home and then there's separation, um, divorce. Um, there's a siblings that often the older kids that I've been dealing with have to look after their siblings um, and then, you know, they don't get listened to and they're feeling just very frustrated and angry about all that. And then there's... A whole lot of issues around, um, for me, just parents behaving badly, you know, like mm. it's like they need to do parenting classes or something. But yeah. So the parents are behaving badly. The kids are the ones taking on the responsibility. Um, the young people are, are often um, having that pressure, which is, you know, beyond their years, really. Just and that is causing a lot of then pressure for study and getting keeping up with stuff and doing homework because they're not getting that encouragement that Jocelyn was talking about. They're coming home and they're having to do housework and mind their brothers and sisters. Just with what you guys are saying, if you're struggling with any of this stuff at home, any family pressure, any school pressure, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, Kids Helpline on 1800 55800, Lifeline on 131114. And they're just good numbers if you want to talk to someone and need someone to listen. So, guys, I've heard that one of the the main challenges that young people face in school um, or in relation to school is family breakdown. Um, So how difficult is it for a young person to experience problems um, with family? And how can we support someone who is having a difficult uh, time at home? Um, so yeah, this is Chris here. I'll I'll just jump in with the first thought, that, which is just that um, our school communities are so diverse. Um, I reckon I've seen young people uh, who have what some people would consider a very chaotic home mm-hmm. space, um, but they're actually like incredibly resilient. 
young people and have this capacity to kind of find their way forward. And like like Julie mentioned earlier, who can kind of, even though it's maybe uh, more than their years should require of them, can kind of step up and take some responsibility. Um, so there are some young people who they may find it hard, but they draw on their strength and they and they step up and and are able to to achieve things. But it still can take a toll. And then, there are, and then there are other people who you might look and think that maybe things are pretty settled at home, but there's still enough going on under the surface that it is quite unsettling for them and can have real impact on, on their capacity to be at school, focus on their work, form relationships. So, so it's really like there's a lot of diversity there. Um, uh, I mean, that, that's a real general thing to say. But uh, specifically, it can really... Um, if a young person comes to school and their experience in the morning has been that um, maybe there's been a lot of arguing overnight, so it's been hard to get some sleep, um, or uh, maybe there's been some, like uh, a few different people coming in and out of the house because maybe uh, a single parent might have some you know various visitors coming in, that sort of disruption. Uh, then when a, when a young person gets up in the morning, tries to get himself ready for school after school, they're not going to be at the top of their game uh, so when, I, I when they guess, land at school. Um, I guess with that, if we can just um, move to you, Jocelyn, um, what would you say are some of the ways we can support a young person who is really having a difficult time at home? Um, what, what can we do? Yeah, I think um, the first one is not to assume. I think um, the beauty of the school that I work in, and I'm sure with all the chaplains here, is that we just give them the space to actually talk and, and share what's at, what they feel. Um, you know, they come from a home space where the pressure's already on that they have to have it all together. And they come to school and there's this next pressure of having to, um, you know, get on top of their work and succeed well in their education, but no one's actually listening to what's actually underneath the surface. Mm. Um, And to not assume that, oh, you know, we understand what's going on Mm. um, so that their voice is actually heard and their emotions are actually valid. Um, So that's definitely the first thing. Um, so really seen, I guess, um, with that, that the pressure at home and both the pressure at school can just be too much for a young person sometimes, that it's just a bit overwhelming for them to, to manage. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes we don't, like, I mean, I, I'm thinking of a student right now and um, he, yeah, we, we knew that he was going through some changes in, in, his, um, in his home life and changing homes, um, but he appeared to be quite competent and confident and, you know, kicking goals in terms of wanting to um, got a job and going to do an apprenticeship and things like that. But then all of a sudden, after a month, just disengaged in school bit by bit, argued with teachers, and then it unraveled that, you, you know, he's actually really anxious. He's actually really scared about what's going on. He's super stressed. He's just trying to save face. And um, I can jump in with a question there. Just um, if I, for example, if I was a student at school and I was a student and on the surface, you know, it looks like everything's kind of put together and doing well, um, it can be... A very, I guess, self-conscious thing to go, no, I need help from a chaplain or a counsellor or whatever. What would you say to any students out there who are like, maybe want to seek help but a bit embarrassed by it or something like that? Yeah, um, I mean, oh, yeah, there's so many thoughts going through my head. (laughs) I I guess one thing is for that person who's nervous, um, I mean, easier said than done, but don't be nervous (laughs) Um, because we're not... It's not a. I think we we kind of think oh it's a it's a bad thing to seek help mm. you know or we're we're less of a person or we're weak as a person but actually 
you know, it's courageous. Um, it, it shows strength. Um, yeah. And it means that you actually want to um, do better in your life. Um, so to see the positives um, with that rather than the negatives of what other people might think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that's, no, that's just yeah. what I wanted to ask because I know from my experiences that some people, they're very apprehensive to ask for help and it can be seen as like, oh, I'm not coping. There's yeah. something going on. And it's just, it's a thing they have to deal with and get over that barrier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when I was in high school and I didn't want to ask, you know, yeah. help and I'll just be sitting at the back of the room going, I don't understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> um, but, uh, or even ask a friend, you know, who yeah. might have been in the same situation and has actually asked for help. Um, you know, get a friend on board and go together. Um, you know, it's always sometimes nice to have um, companionship and um, support with a with a friend to do it. And just to confirm, at least the cool people we've got here in the studio, these guys aren't scary. They're not. They're, <laughs> they're not scary. Bunch. They're very friendly. Um, so yeah, if your school does offer a chaplain or a counselling or any type of service, and you know you've been thinking about checking that out, I think that's something that's important and you could look into. Um, and I guess just to ask you guys, we know that, you know, friendships are a big part of young people's lives and people are changing and everything's kind of happening. So fights and conflicts is a normal kind of thing that can occur. What would you say to a young person who comes to you for help with these kinds of issues that they're experiencing with their friends and peers? Yeah, so I'll kick off. Um, Adam here. Uh, yeah, look, it's common at school, obviously. Um Friendship fights happen in all different aspects, you know, at school, outside of school. Um, ultimately, as a chaplain, I guess, um, in the way I conduct my role is I listen, and I listen a lot, and um, and I'd hear, I guess, the young person out and what it is that they're struggling with around the friendship issue, and and try and get a real perspective on it. Um, there's always two sides to a story, I guess, so it can be challenging that aspect of it. But yeah, ultimately, just listening, making them feel heard, and there's. It's probably no really easy answer, really, for friendships. Yeah. It's it's almost sometimes you just got to write it out. Um, you've just got to write out whatever the issue might be, and then um, and then obviously as a chaplain you walk alongside that person as they're as they're writing yeah. it out. But in saying that, there's some there's some good things that can help, and that's communicating with the individual that you might have a grievance with. You know, you'd you'd talk to them face to face if it's appropriate, depending on the situation. Um, it's really hard to box in specifics around not knowing a. a yeah, well, every friendship's different. You have yeah, different friendships with different right. people. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess to ask you, Julie, I mean, I guess friendships within your family and your cousins, they're different to friendships you might have at school or at the sporting club or whatever. How do you, how would you suggest to young people to maybe deal with, like, a friendship situation with a really close friend and maybe um, it's kind of a bump in the road that they haven't experienced before? Does that question make much sense? <laughs> um, you mean I in guess, their family situation? Yeah, or in a really, I guess, maybe like a really close friend and okay, they're experiencing yeah, yeah. their first kind of bump in the road okay. in the friendship. Yeah, no, um, actually it makes me think of a thing this week, actually. I yeah. had a, a young guy come year 12 um, who was has been close friends with someone f- through all of his school years and it's at a point now where um, he feels that it's just can't continue mm-hmm. um, for lots of different reasons, and it's quite distressing and very disturbing for him to actually come to that decision. And so 
the same as what Adam said, I just listened to his story um, and tried to help him analyse it a bit or look at it and see what he was really, really feeling and why he was feeling the way he was about the relationship and what had happened um, in the friendship. And it turns out like he was feeling that he was um, being taken advantage of and being used and... Um, you know, like he'd opened up his home. This person didn't have a home situation where he had to leave home, so he came and lived with him, but and he'd, he just took advantage of them, and mm-hmm. he was very distressed by that. So I, I think it's listening to them, listening to how, how they're feeling about it and, and helping them just come to their own decisions about that or, or just, you know, giving some ideas around, well you know, does this remind you of any other relationships? And it turns out it reminded him of his father because his father left when he was nine and similarly that he was yeah. feeling the same feelings. And and that just helped him go, oh, okay, maybe that's why he's reacting so badly to this situation. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, I guess, Chris and Jocelyn, this is, I guess there's a positive side to friendships too because otherwise we wouldn't have friends and we wouldn't have friendships. If someone is listening and they go, oh, maybe my friend's going through something, how can I listen to them? Like what are some tips you would give them to listen mm. to each other? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, what, one suggestion I'd give, which is uh, kind of, it's not really a counselling technique, but it's often used by really good kind of counsellors, is called reflective listening. If it's one thing to come to someone and say, you did this and you did that, and that can often cause a, a bunch of problems because you might misread the situation or misunderstand. But if you say to someone, I feel like this has happened or I understand this, is that right? And you check it with the other person. That can be really helpful for both understanding where the other person's coming from um, and trying to support so them as well. it's like checking the facts. And checking checking the, absolutely checking the facts. Because I'm, I'm so conscious, so many young people are working themselves out, making sense of themselves. And if you've got two young people both trying to make sense of themselves and not really able to understand where the other person's coming from, the best way is to check the facts. Mm-hmm. I feel like you, uh, you know, were calling me a bitch and, you know, being really mean to me is that what you meant and the other person goes that's totally not what I was meaning I was actually thinking about this and and all of a sudden you're talking about what you're really talking about not basing it on misunderstandings so I think that can be quite helpful just check the facts with each other so would you say I guess that with what you guys are saying with um, listening and communicating that empathy plays a significant part in managing conflicts in relationships Um, So really trying to put yourself in your friend's shoes and understand that perhaps I might have frustrated them. Perhaps Mm. I might have said something to tick them off um, and just checking that out. Um, Would you say that that's a a part of managing conflicts in relationships? It can definitely help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So part of the – one of the things we do is called a restorative justice um, practice and it's this idea of whether you identify as a victim or – what do you call it? What's the other one? Perpetrator. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, you, you both have stories, you know, and there's a, there was a story before the incident happened and there's a story afterwards. And so it's this idea of sharing, you know, this is what was happening beforehand. This is what um, what made, you know, when this happened, this is how I felt. So this is why I did this. And the other person shares it as well. So it helps bring awareness and understanding um, that idea of, you know, kind of putting yourself in another person's shoe or going over the other fence, the same what Judy was saying. Um, um, the idea of, um, you know, 
even unpacking for yourself your own values and why did it, you know, why this conflict really triggers for you um, to then understand yourself more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so just wondering if a young person in a school um, goes through a situation where they um, have a serious transition period or... Um, they might lose a close family member or friend. Um, if something happens in, in their life which is difficult to handle or traumatic, um, what are some of the ways we can support that, that person? Um, Julie, if we, if we start with you. Yeah, sure. Um, trauma and losing people is, yeah, and loss generally is a huge area that can throw a lot of confusion into a young person's life and Oftentimes they um, don't understand that this is what's causing it. So they're feeling confused. They're feeling, you know, lots of different things that happen with grief and loss. Um, you know, not eating, not wanting to get up. So feeling down and depressed or anxious and a whole lot of different things. And so I find that, that when you can, because a lot of that then causes them not, want to, not wanting to come to school not wanting to be with friends, so they withdraw socially. and all. So it's a huge area. Um, but oftentimes, once they understand the reason, and this is causing all this, that often can help. Mm-hmm. So I find I, I have a you know thing and a sheet that I go through with them that helps them look at all the different symptoms and all the different things that are happening in their thinking, in their behaviours, in in lots of different areas, and um, that can just really help them understand that it's it's they're not going crazy it's mm. it's just a normal. It's a normal process normal process of grieving and unfortunately you've got to go through it you can't ignore it or oh, you can you know you can push it down and then it's just going to come back worse but you you just go through it and and our role in that is to support them and be mm. there for them and just say hey how are you today how are you this week um what are you feeling you know and mm. we have this different uh, thing we can look at of you're feeling angry, are you feeling sad, do you want to have a go and have a good cry and just give them some ideas of what they can do, you know, everything through creative stuff and drawing, um, releasing emotion because anger is a big part of that as well, Um, you know, and not coming to school is a huge part of that so if they can understand where that's coming Mm -hmm. from then they're more likely to re-engage and come back to school. And I guess, Adam, just to ask you a question, um, how could a young person, as a friend of someone going through change, support them with like coming back to school and getting back into, I guess, the normal rhythm of things? Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd, I mean, you'd want to keep in check with that, with that, with your friend. Um, yeah. You'd want to be looking out for them. You know, it's nothing like a hot meal. You know, that's it. Really helps. You know, as a chaplain, we drop hot meals to families that have lost loved ones or struggling sickness. But you know, as as a young person, if you're a good cook. Cook, a, cook yeah. them up a meal. It just really warms the heart um, and shows that people are out there thinking about them, um, looking out for them, and keeping contact with them. You know, don't don't just Snapchat it. Just <laughs> give them a call, yeah. and you know it says a lot. So really, take that extra mile. Take go the extra mile. Let them know you're there. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I love about your your idea there, Adam, is that. Um, Often in many cultures, uh, loss and grief happens in the context of community. Yeah. So the community just gathers around, whereas um, oftentimes in, in Australian culture, there can be more of a disconnection. Mm. You lose, you, something happens traumatic and uh, you don't have those community structures. And so if people got, got around each other with hospitality, hot food, just, you know, saying, hey, is there anything I can do? Can I, you know, do you want to come watch a movie? Here's some ice cream. Just those, those little things which are actually not that little, mm. really powerful ways to mm. just 
strengthen those community connections and make a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really challenging. There's not, there's not a lot you can do apart from those things because yeah. it's, it's a journey. And, yeah. and so you, you need to walk the journey with them, beside them, and yeah, take, them, take them along through that. Um, so guys, that's just about all we have time for tonight. Um, but on behalf of Youth and Loud, thank you very much um, for coming on the show, guys. Um, to to Adam and to Chris and to uh, Julie and Jocelyn, it's been an absolute privilege. Yeah, thank you so much having you guys here. Um, I think that it would have been an encouragement um, and a blessing to young listeners who have um, been tuned into the show tonight. Um, and be encouraged as well, guys. Um, you're clearly doing an awesome job, such an important job, really, to support young people in school um, who are having in, having a challenge or challenging or difficult time. Um, whether it is family breakdown or whether it's bullying or whether they have lost a loved one, um, it's just so important to have someone in their life, such as yourselves, to support them, to listen to them, to to cook a meal um, and support them in other ways. So good on you guys. Keep going. Um, Hope you've been encouraged by coming on the show tonight. Um, And we'll leave it there. Um, If you are listening as well and you feel... Uh, you felt concerned or... Um, it's brought in- up any emotions or you just need someone to listen. Mm. Yeah, if it's brought up any um, emotions or any conflict whatsoever in any way, um, you can feel free to call the care lines. Yeah, we've got Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, Kids Helpline on 1800 551800 or Lifeline on 131114. Um, cool, Thank you cool. guys so much Thank for joining you. us tonight. Hey, thanks for having us. And I just want to finish by saying chaplains are all about hearing the voices of young people. And we love that Sin FM is also about hearing the voices of young yeah. people. And so we affirm you guys and I really encourage all the people listening as well. You might want to get involved in Sin FM. You might want to come and take that opportunity with your friends to, to let your voice be heard and uh, really uh, get, the, get the things that are on your heart um, out there and, and meaningful to other people as well. Thanks for having us.